0: I just want to summarize the main findings, and let's begin uh, with are the country programs having impact? And the qualitative evidence, um, well, it, we, we have mixed a story here, but by and large, every country program that we've looked at has made valuable contributions to policies and capacities in their host countries. And this is widely recognized by national stakeholders and and donors. So very positive stories coming out. There are some failures, and and those are good in the sense for an evaluator that we, we can learn some lessons by making contrasts. But overall, there are a lot of success stories, as Frank has identified, just a few. Um, The econometric analysis, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions about this. It, It did get through a peer review process with a lot of struggle, data estimation problems. But statistically, we do find very significant relationships between having outposted staff and some country development indicators. And the economic value of those benefits to the host country, countries, on average, far exceeds the cost to IFPRI of putting people out there. So, yes, take this with a pinch of salt, but the evidence at least is leaning in the right direction. (laughs) And what makes for a successful country program? Well, one is selecting the right countries. um, Mm -hmm. And the best successes seem to be where IFPRI has gone to countries where it already has an established reputation and an internal knowledge base from past research, and where governments are keen for a greater engagement with IFPRI. Um, great examples are Ethiopia and Bangladesh, where IFPRI has been involved for a long time. Going to a country where a donor would like IFBRI to work, uh, but the country doesn't really care, not so successful. Lesson there is donor interest alone is not sufficient. You need sufficient time and resources for the country program to become effectively embedded within the local policy ecosystem. It takes time to to build up credibility, to get to know the right people, for them to trust you, and so on. It can take five, six, even 10 years to really get a, a, a country program properly embedded. And this is a bit of a problem, because donors like to fund these programs in three to five year cycles. And after the first cycle, you're just getting off the ground. So it it is an issue. Good partnerships are critical, but you need care in selecting the right ones. The best partners for doing research are not necessarily the best partners for capacity building or for trying to influence policy. And we see cases where. IFBRI has tried to do its research with a planning department, say, in a ministry that simply didn't have the human capacity or the mandate to play that role, and it just didn't work. Better to do the research with, say, a university and then have a different relationship with that planning department. Um, and location is pretty important. IfBRI, Needs to be perceived to be independent and it needs to be sufficiently away from all the day to day crises of government that it can do the longer term research. So, having an independent office is quite important, we think, um, but that doesn't mean you can't have some staff members posted, even if only on a part time basis within particular ministries or whatever. In Ethiopia, they have an independent office on the Ilri campus, but They also have, I think, the country program leader actually sits at the Economic Development Research Institute on a part-time basis, which has direct access to the prime minister's office. Um, IFBRI's comparative advantage does lie in providing original research contributions to the policy debate. There's a lot of other actors there, including international consulting firms, uh, who do a lot of analysis. it's this longer-term research, the building up of household panel data sets, the modeling work, the country general equilibrium models, that kind of long-term investment that really seems to pay off for, for, for these country programs. That, because as soon as you put a team in country with links to the policymakers, it's, they're going to be drawn into the day-to-day firefighting events if they're not careful. And they have to do some of that. If it's a big drought or a price crisis, food price crisis, they need to get involved. So they have to have some flexibility. Um, but it, the primary focus has to be on this longer-term research. And the really happy success stories are where you've got a long-term research program, and a crisis comes up, and, and the two just fit beautifully. Pulse, The pulse crisis in India a couple of years ago um, there were people rioting in the streets because of high pulse prices. IFBRI had been working on pulses for nearly 10 years, and they knew exactly what the government should do. Uh, so those results fed into the policy debate very, very easily. But keeping that balance is important. Need to avoid being captured by donor priorities. Donors have good intentions, but their priorities are not always the same as the government. And the country program funded by the donor serving the government, it's a bit like the mouse trying to sleep between two elephants. And everything's fine until one of the elephants rolls over. Um, The mortality rate seems to be generally low, but we do observe that some country program leaders are a bit flatter than others. Uh, Having a national consultative body, a steering committee, or something is an important way of trying to balance all these various interests and, and get the input of different stakeholders uh, into the agenda setting, which will help the program best serve the country's needs. Um, very important, country programs need an appropriately skilled leader. Um, most of staff are excellent researchers, or they wouldn't be here. But not all of them have those additional skills of being good uh, the softer skills of being able to engage with policy makers and donors, and negotiating between the two elephants and, and all those things. Um, it's much easier, well, there is a question how much you can train good researchers to do those things. I think there are enough successful examples, like myself, for example, <laughs> where a, good, a reasonable researcher became modestly good at dealing with policy makers and so on. So, I, But I think training, mentoring, um, other types of support are critical, uh, especially when new, new people are hired. Sometimes IFBRI hires a new staff member, and they immediately outposts them as a country program leader. Um, some more thought, perhaps, needs to be given to ha- how that is handled. Um, and also, and this is not just us saying this, but yeah, um, IFBRI puts an awful lot of emphasis on international publications and in, in the staff performance reviews. Perhaps for country program leaders and staff, Yeah, they need to do some of that, but some of these softer skills should be evaluated, too. This actually complaint comes from some of the donors, that if the country program staff are so involved in producing publications that they're not actually doing all the things that um, the donor would like them to be doing. So again, a better balance there. Um, The programs. Build capacity most effectively uh, through collaborative research uh, and, and sort of the obj- on-the-job training that that provides to research collaborators. And there, some of them have done wonderful jobs, um, strengthening national statistical systems and databases, the the panel household data sets, getting GIS into some of the planning departments, and so on. Um, but that's about it. There's a lot of st- opportunistic, special training, special courses. Um, this does not seem to be widely appreciated. Uh, and it doesn't seem to have much long-term impact. Um, and I think not only this work, but also the work that Ari Kivenhoven did, who did a special study on IFBRI's capacity building work. Um, that really IFBRI does need to be more strategic in its capacity building work. It needs to be strengthening its partner institutions, not just individual researchers within them. Uh, but that is something that takes a lot of money, of course, and that is one of, one of the constraints. Um, how am I doing on time, Karen? Um, you're still within. OK, okay two minutes? Sure, you're good. Communications, um, the main channels of communication seem to be fairly direct with senior policymakers. It's either the IFBRI program leader having a relationship there, or it's working through a key partner organization, maybe a champ, an IFBRI champion in in one of your research partners. But the direct, in, direct channel to the senior policymakers seems to be very important. Um, Evidence-based conferences and workshops are also mentioned by many stakeholders as as being important, although the impact can be more indirect. Use of media has been less common and we suspect possibly underexploited. Uh, IFBRI is now beefing up its uh, modern communications approach at headquarters, needs to extend that to some of these country program offices too. Um, Establishing a community of practice within (laughs) IFBRI about communications uh, to help support the country programs. Most of them don't have an effective communication strategy. They might have a part-time person to do that. They really need some support, (laughs) Rajul. I'm going to skip this. Well, Frank has already mentioned (laughs) it. You can have a wonderful country program team well, well embedded, all ready to go, doing the right research. Um, but it takes more than that to get a policy change. And, and and one of the key things could be and an, a crisis, the food price crisis, the pulse crisis, an emerging policy crisis. And you, you need to be there, ready to go, like in the case of the Indian pulses. Um, I just mentioned that the. Um, the, there is some really interesting research ongoing at IFBRI on what, what really influences, what what are the factors that contribute to policy influence. And um, Daniel Resnick and others have developed this kaleidoscope model, uh, which looks at all this in a systematic way, drawing on case study experiences. It's a really interesting approach. And I think country <coughs> program leaders ought to be using this a bit to uh, to guide their, their own um, Uh, their own theories of change, if you like. How are they going to influence policy? Um, Lastly, yes, CPs are funded almost totally through bilateral grants and, I guess, a little bit of PIM money. Um, So they are vulnerable to premature (coughs) termination. Donors may have to cut funding for reasons that are unforeseen. and this can be a problem because you've you've built up this wonderful institutional infrastructure. You're already embedded and ready to go, and then suddenly the money stops, and, and if we pulls out, and the whole thing collapses. Uh, so obviously, a diverse, diversified funding base is desirable. And there are a few cases like Ethiopia, where there is a consortium of donors who support the country program, not just one or two. But having exit strategies I mean there ought to be an explicit exit strategy so that if this happens if we can leave but that it has some way of financially sustaining what it has achieved in the country and it may have to provide support by having someone from Washington filling in a little bit for the role of the country program leader but we don't Well, certainly uh, in the evaluation by Eric Tollins of the African uh, country program, none of them have have, have an exit strategy. Oh, I see. I got a thing there. Okay. Um, We think that CPs could usefully play a bigger role within their host countries in promoting Uh, feeding in IFBRI's re- results more generally. They tend to be little bits of silos, and they do their work, and they promote their work, their work findings. But they could be channeling more of other work that IFBRI does that's of relevance to that country. And they are there. You know, if the issue comes up, they're the ones that can feed this stuff in on a timely basis. So we think they ought to be playing a, a bigger role in representing IFBRI. But we do not think that they should assume any managerial responsibility for other work at IFBRI. IFBRI tried that in the early 90s with a director of country programs, uh, and it did not work. So we're not Mm -hmm. going to recommend you try that again. But but a coordinating and information channeling role uh, would be very worthwhile. Thank you. I'm only three minutes late.